0: Hey all welcome back to the Fire and Water Cooking Podcast. I'm Darren, I'm your host, and today we got a special guest, Mr. James Bashada. He runs the J.B. Sous Vide blog, Facebook page, and Instagram. He is a up-and-coming sous vide enthusiast, just like me. He's only been doing it a couple of years, but we're going to talk to James and just see how he got started. I'll be right back with James Bishada from J.B. Sous Vide. Hey all this is Darren and I want to take a minute to talk to you about Masterclass. I just signed up for Masterclass and I can tell you what, it's well worth it. Masterclass is where you can learn how to cook from Gordon Ramsay, you can learn how to sous vide from Thomas Keller, you can learn how to make Texas barbecue from Aaron Franklin himself. All these classes are available on Masterclass plus many more. Masterclass has great video content, interactive assignments, social interaction with the Masterclass community all for just one fee you can either buy each individual class for $90 each or you can sign up for the annual pass which gives you access to all their classes for just $180 that's what I signed up for check it out guys masterclass has some of the best online training you can find check it out guys in the link below masterclass amazing now on to the show Welcome back to the Fire and Water Cooking Podcast. I'm Darren. I'm your host. Today we have a special guest, James Bichada. He has the sous vide, or the actually the JB Sous Vide blog, and he also has a Facebook group and page. And uh, he does a lot of work on sous vide. Does a lot of pictures. He posts up a lot of pictures of his cooks and has some fantastic uh, cooks that he does and uh, gets a lot of accolades, especially in my group. On the stuff that he posts. So, James, welcome to the uh, Fire and Water Cooking Podcast. Why don't you go ahead and introduce yourself?
1: Yeah. How you doing there, Darren? Uh, you know, really thank you for having me on. I'm, uh, you know, like you said, James Bashada. Um, I live in Houston, Texas. Um, so, big, uh, big Texas guy. Um, for, I guess, this purpose, uh, I'm a home cook, um, no real culinary background. Uh, just got really uh, down the rabbit hole with sous vide and, um, went on to start the JB
0: V blog and Instagram and kind of, you know, it's it's grown from there. So, you're you live in Texas, so that's kind of like the home of barbecue any Texas Texan would say, you well, know. At least that's
1: what they'd say. Yeah, they they'd say that,
0: but you know, North Carolina guys would say hey, that's the home of barbecue, but you know, there is some really great barbecue out there, um especially in the Austin area. I know that you know, Texas has, you know, different styles of barbecue within the state itself. Um, do you have any kind of preference on what kind of barbecue you like?
1: I I, I like it all. I mean, you know, I know that's kind of cliche to say, but, you know, when you really kind of appreciate, you know, the art of, you know, somebody smoking something to get that tender, uh, you really, you know, if you discriminate against it, you're losing out on a, you know, world of
0: quality yeah i'm with you i like all different kinds i mean and i'm like that way with food as well i don't just limit myself yeah i i see people who limit themselves on barbecue and it's like well do you do that with everything else you eat Do you only eat bologna sandwiches do you only yeah. eat eggs over easy and you don't have omelets i mean there's i mean that's uh there's so many different uh, styles and methods and and flavors out there that uh, i hate limiting myself so you live in the dallas area what else do you do for a living i know you don't do this for a living so
1: i'm actually in the the houston area um and uh for for a living i'm a project manager uh for Oceaneering. i basically a uh subsea you know uh technology and engineering firm in uh in uh, the subsea oil and gas uh sector uh basically I, I yeah i specialize in kind of subsea projects with uh inspections and um you know inspections for uh the oil field vessels and platforms.
0: Gotcha. So that's like oil rigs and, and um, you know, the, the ships that carry the oil and all that. Are... Yep. And uh, we
1: basically go out with uh, remote operated vehicles, uh, ROVs, and uh, inspect the bottom of the hull as, uh, you know, the industry gets away from, you know, actually putting divers in the water. Gotcha.
0: Well, that sounds very interesting, but it's nothing uh, culinary. So how did you get, how, how did you stumble upon upon this, uh, you know, doing your blog and all that, I kind of read up on you and it sounds like something like me, I've always been, you know, I started cooking when I was younger. I I did it for a living for only about, you know, five or six years until I you know, was able to get a real job, but, um, I didn't, uh, I didn't really work in the culinary field, um, that long. And so I'm more of a enthusiast. So it sounds like that's how you kind of started out.
1: Yeah, definitely. Um, I've, like I said, I have no uh, real culinary background. Uh, I really liked food, though. I, I mean, that's a, a big plus. <laughs> um, and so, basically, uh, I was in a position where I wasn't really cooking a lot. I was going out to eat a lot, and um, I had a job that you know took me. Um, this was my my previous uh, employment. Uh, took me kind of all around the world, and uh, I got to experience a bunch of different cuisines. And I was pretty much you know, traveling the world for about a half, uh, half of the year. And so uh, I got to experience a lot of cuisines, a lot of tastes, a lot of textures, and I kind of laid the framework for myself, um, in the way of, you know, kind of my tastes and, you know, what i liked. Um, and really, you know, when I wasn't cooking out, I was basically, you know, making turkey tacos, ground turkey, you know, grilled cheese, uh, you know, burger, overdone burger, you know, here and there. Um, but, you know, I had no real skills to kind of speak of. Um, and so it wasn't until about 2018, uh, that my girlfriend, uh, got gifted me a sous-vide and I had no clue what that was. Uh, you know, I kind of threw it, threw it down for a couple months and, uh, started researching it. And, uh, you know, that pretty much brought me to, you know, searching for things on Google, you know, uh researching and that led me to uh the serious eat blog and Kenji Lopez. And basically if I was doing anything in the Suvi, I was following, you know, one of his blogs to the T. You know, he uh he he was kind of like my Bible at that time, you know, just um really uh you know kind of just a uh, cookie cutter stuff, you know, do a steak here, do a chicken here. Um, and so, you know, from there You know, I just was consuming content. You know, I'd heard a podcast. um, You know, talking about uh, you know creativity with it, and kind of you know talking about sous vide, and you know, really just started um, just just cooking. You know, cooking and experimenting with it, and um, you know, finally got to the point where you know my skills were starting to raise on their own. You know, without uh, me really putting any attention to it. You know, just from doing cooks over and over again and, uh, kind of getting the feel and the groundwork of actually, you know, what I'm
0: doing. Yeah. So you sounds like you were an eater long before you were a cooker. <laughs>
1: yeah. <laughs> so exactly. you, it's
0: kind of like what my son is, my 18 year old son. He loves to eat and he's got a, a very expensive palate. He likes to go to the fancy restaurants. He likes to try different foods, but he can't cook. He, he won't even try to cook, but he mm-hmm. loves, he's a connoisseur of food. I mean, he knows the difference between the different you know, foods and, and how they should taste and all that. And he, he's got a good palate, but he can't cook to save his life. <laughs> you know, he does he has no interest in cooking. So yeah. well,
1: I think, I mean, that's, uh, you know, all about you know, with anything you do experience, you know, uh, keep doing it over and over again, you know, find out what doesn't work. And I, I found out pretty quick that it's tough to mess up anything in the sous vide. Uh, you know, I had to really try, to to mess it up if I wanted to.
0: Right. And I think um, another thing that you were you were talking about, you did a lot of research before you started trying it. And that's that's always a good thing. If you're, you know, unfortunately a lot of people just try to do stuff and they try to use what they think they should do instead of actually following what somebody tells them to do i mean i get yeah. that i get that all the time in the facebook group somebody will come in well somebody gave me this you know cv thing and i threw the water you know threw it in and threw the steaks in and i had them in there for an hour and they came out chewy you know mm-hmm. they didn't they didn't follow yeah. the guidelines they didn't you know do any research beforehand they just kind of like thought they could just wing it and yeah. uh, you know cooking is you know is not something you can wing i mean you can you know, you really got to understand how seasonings work. You got to understand how to sear. You got to understand the different cooking methods to some extent. I mean, you don't have to go to culinary school to be able to cook for sure. I mean, I never went to culinary school either, but you know, you do have to do some research and, and do trial and error, um, especially in cooking, because it all boils down to your own personal tastes, you know? Um, yeah. that's, that's, one of the things I tell people all the time is, you know, somebody will come in, well, what's the best way to do this? Well, the best way to do it is however, it's going to be good for you and not, you know, I, I might tell you the best way for me, I mean, you might not like it, but here's some, you know, things to try. And then if it doesn't work, then especially with sous vide, there's a range of temperatures and times that you can use that it's so much di- more different than any other cooking method, you know, like, you know, with smoking. If you're smoking a brisket, you have to get it up to 200 degrees internal temperature, you know, at least for it to be tender. You know, um, you can do something totally different in sous vide with the times and temps. So, but um, you got to have that passion. And I think you can tell by some of the stuff that you're cooking and posting up that you caught that, you know, even though it's only been a couple of years, you know, you caught that bug and you really threw yourself into it and you can really tell.
1: Yeah, definitely. I mean, you know, I went from, you know, maybe cooking one or two times a week, you know, I'd make a a batch of, uh, you know, overcooked chicken breast when I was not, you know, in the sous vide. And uh, now I'm up to where, you know, I have a plan every night. And, uh, you know, I'm, I'm cooking every night, even, you know, getting home from work with the sous vide.
0: It's, you know, usually here ready for me, you know, mm-hmm. do all the prep in front. So did you didn't do much cooking before that though. The sous vide kind of got you involved in the cooking cuz you said you were just making like grilled cheese and overcooking, you know, hamburgers and stuff like that before?
1: Yeah, no, I um I wasn't really cooking at, at all. Um you know, I really didn't know how to, you know, cut an onion or or you know, uh, I would just basically uh kind of wing it. Uh, I didn't know what I was doing. Um and so the sous vide really uh, kind of got me interested in it. And then Man. from there from there, it really just kind of uh, raised all my other skills because, you know, you're, you're looking, you're researching how to prep, you know, uh, food with it, you know, how to prep a side, you know, what you're doing, you know, to make, uh, you know, potatoes and, you know, anything you want to cook with the sous vide. So it really just kind of raised, you know, my level of uh, proficiency.
0: Yeah. It's like a spark that kind of ignited a fire. So instead of just, just learning how to cook sous vide, it looks like you, it got you that whole interest in how to cook period. So, uh, and I mean, it looks, I could tell, like I said, just from the stuff that you post up, I mean, I'm not a big plater i don't like to you know make pretty plates i like to make delicious food and um you know not i don't i don't you know begrudge people Uh that do but that's just not me i mean there's people that love to make pretty plates and you make some pretty plates and uh but i'm not one that does that so but um yeah well funny enough i mean
1: i i wasn't either my first you know a little bit um doing sous vide stuff rarely made it off the cutting board I was sitting there, you know, uh, standing up, eating it off the cutting board and I rarely, you know, kind of sat down to, you know, actually plate anything. You know, it wasn't until, you know, I really started to, you know, get involved and get down the rabbit hole with cooking, um, that I, you know, I, I was making things uh to complement, you know, the the meat or the protein that I was cooking. And um that that's how I really got into, you know,
0: actually plating things. Yeah. So um, let's let's talk about uh, your favorite thing to cook since you start you've only been cooking a couple of years you know except for mm-hmm. you know microwaving you know soup or something <laughs> so, <laughs> so 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 far let's just just pick one I know it's hard to pick you know one but what's your favorite Oh, it's not hard cook? for me at all.
1: It, it's uh, it's definitely salmon. Yeah, um, I, I'm I'm a big salmon fan. I think uh, the sous vide does does wonders for it. Uh, I'm continually amazed, you know, at how how it does with it, um, you know, and, and really, you know, a lot of people go to, uh, you know, well, it cooks great steak. Yeah. Well, you know, with with salmon, it just it's perfect every time. And um, you know, I'd, I'd say probably my second favorite would be pork chops, which you know was night and day for me. You know, when I was uh, traveling on on ships, um, I would just get overcooked pork chops because they would do them, you know, batch style. And um, you know, just overcook them, and you think, "Hey, I guess that's how a pork chop's supposed to taste." <laughs> and you, you you get a, a
0: really thick sous vide pork chop, and uh, it's it's night and day. Yeah, I mean, I really, I really can't stand it when people say stuff like, you know, it's really good for steak because that, that really tells me right away that they've never used it for anything else,
1: mm-hmm.
0: and they haven't really looked at sous vide as a whole cooking method, they look at it as a device, like a George Foreman grill or an Instapot. Whereas, you know, one of the things that really intrigued me about it, because I was big into barbecue for years. And like I said, I, I, I you know professionally for a while. I haven't, haven't in a while, but I always cook, I cook our meals for home. You know, I cook, you know, big events when we go places, you know, I have people over all the time and I do all the cooking. My wife doesn't like to cook. So, you know, I've had some background in, General cooking and barbecue, but what intrigued me with sous vide is that some of the things that it does you can't do any other way it, like making a brisket medium rare and mm-hmm. you know uh super tender you know you can't you can do that in a smoker you can't make it medium rare you can make it tender, but you got to cook it to death pretty much you know to yeah. you know over two hundred degrees uh internal temperature so that the collagen and And connective tissue breaks down, but you can do that in sous vide at a much lower doneness, but you just use a longer time. And that's what really intrigued me about it and what made me understand that it's an overall cooking method. It's the, you know, precision temperature that you know, it's not going to overcook. It's not going to overshoot. You're not trying to stop a runaway train and jump on it. You you are actually the train comes to a stop, and then you get off, and then you're right there. <laughs> you know, Meathead uh, Goldwin kind of made you know, made that an analogy in, in the podcast that we did. Is that you know with sous vide, you you're you're at the perfect temperature, and you're just staying there for a long time. You know with barbecue, you're trying to you know continually raise the internal temperature and and stop it before it goes too far and dries your meat out and all that like you said those dry pork chops mm-hmm. you know people will say well you got to cook it up to you know a certain you know temperature yeah. to kill the germs or whatever and then then it just like it keeps going because you got all the overcooking just from the way that they cook it you know the the cooking methods you know if they cook it in an oven they cook it on a a, a stove or whatever you know you're cooking at a much higher heat than you want to end up at and it's really hard to nail the perfect temperature that way so yeah
1: but yeah like you were saying i mean that that precision um you know it just allows you you know and a lot of people you know knock, you know sous vide for you know well why are you going to take two hours to do you know uh, a pork chop or one hour you know i could just do that in the pan real quick well yeah you can and you could probably hit it you know you know a really good cook you know, nine times out of ten, but there's always going to be that one time where you know something gets away from you, and you overcook it. You know, with uh with the sous vide, I, I don't don't even worry about it. I just go to cook my sides, make sure everything's ready, um, everything comes out at the same time, and you know it's ready to sear.
0: Yeah, I mean, and, and like I said, I I really don't, I can't pick one thing that I like the most, I mean, I do know that, you know, I I just made some medium rare beef ribs that you can't do any other way, but as far as I love chicken cooked, you know, I take a spatchcock chicken and cook that sous vide and then finish it up on the smoker. Um, it comes out, you know, superior than, you know, I cook it to 148 degrees, you know, I cool it down, put it on the smoker for, you know, 45 minutes, crisps the skin up, get some smoke to it and it's super juicy. It, you know, if I just cooked it in the smoker, it dries it out. There's no way around it. If you're cooking it at, you know, 275 to 375 degrees on a smoker, you know, for, you know, an hour, it's just going to suck all the water out of it. It just, it's what it's doing. It's that whole time, you know, you're cooking at a higher temperature, it's evaporating all the moisture out of that chicken. So, um, but the same way with, like you said, pork chops with, uh, you know, any kind of beef, you know, not, you know, chuck roast is one of my favorites, and mm-hmm. and top to, and uh, top round because you could take top round, which is normally London broil, or which is tougher than nails. You know, to try to cook any other way, and I could take it. You know, yeah, I have to cook it for thirty six hours, but you know what? I throw it in there, and I know I am going to have it for dinner three days down the road. <laughs> so mm-hmm. you know, I don't you know I don't worry about it. I let it cook, and then you know that day comes. I know I am having you know London broil or top round for dinner that night. It's been sitting in the CV. I take it out, chill it a little bit and then sear it up and it's done, you know? So it's, it takes a little bit more planning, but, um, it's a little crazy that um, people will look at it and just go, oh, I don't can believe you cooked something. for It's like you're not standing there watching it the whole time. Mm-hmm. You know, and that's what some of the barbecue guys do is like they think because they stand there with briskets, you know, that cook for 12 hours and go, they got to keep checking the you know, smoker, make sure it's, you know, the right temperature. And I'm not running out of fuel and make sure the water pan's got water in it, you know, make sure it's not, you know overcooking make sure you know it's not past the stall so i can wrap it you don't have to do any of that stuff when you're cooking so you you just turn it on and walk away <laughs> until it's ready to be cooked or to yeah. be finished so yeah and
1: i mean you know kind of like what you're saying uh i've just been started to get into a little bit of barbecue myself you know i've you know kind of got the proteins uh you know the, the steak the chicken down and i've really been kind of moving on to those bigger cuts um you know like the beef ribs and you know, like the I just did uh, some St. Louis ribs this past weekend, and it's just um, kind of another thing to research for me. You know, uh, I'm watching these uh, competition guys, you know, how they prepare them, how they you know make them look nice for the judge. You know, with you know kind of what I'm trying to do with plating. But um, I'll tell you, you know, using some of the same principles, you know, that they use, because uh, I'm not really smoking on a, a smoker. I have a uh, just a, just an oven which is, you know, not, it's, you know, sort of comparable. It's just a, you know, indoor oven. Um, but, uh, really trying to get some of those techniques down, you know, that people would use on an outdoor smoker.
0: Well, one thing you got to do, make sure you listen to my podcast with Malcolm Reed and Harry Sue, because they're big competition guys. And they'll, mm-hmm. they'll, they'll be the first ones to tell you that they don't cook at home like they do for competitions because mm-hmm. you got to understand the competition cook, He's cooking for one bite. He wants that yep. judge that one bite the judge is taking to be something that's gonna wow him. It's not something you want to sit down and eat a whole plate of. <laughs> so that's why if you watch some of these shows like with Johnny Triggs, he's putting all <laughs> this honey and agave and five different kinds of rubs and you know, all yep. kinds of you know, parquet and whatever they're putting on there. You don't want to eat a whole rack of that. You know, it's literally, it's, it's too rich, too much gunk on it. It, All they're doing is they're, they're wanting them to take that one bite and go, wow, that's amazing and that's it. They're not, they're not eating any more of that. So yeah, even, uh, you know, Malcolm Reed, it's like, and his wife, Rochelle, were both on my podcast at the same time. And she's like, yeah, we call it eating barbecue and competition barbecue. We won't eat the competition (laughs) stuff. You know, that all goes in a box up to the judges, you know, and then we cook the real stuff, which, you know, is a lot simpler is what I'm trying to get at. You know, it's, it's more stuff that I like to cook, you know, and it's, I've never had a, uh, desire to be in a competition cook because it, it's a, too much stress and then I know that my food's good and I don't have to take it to a judge and literally when I sit there and watch Johnny Trigg do his ribs it's like that that can't really taste good <laughs> you know it might <laughs> just that one bite might be okay but I mean it's like you can't t- how can you taste the meat I mean literally with all the stuff that some of these guys put on there but um it's definitely a different uh, different uh you know, way of cooking for sure. It's always fun to, uh, to learn from those guys because they're, they're the first ones to tell you, yeah, we don't, you know, <laughs> what you see us doing for competition is not what we do at home. And it's not what we cook for our friends, but, and that, they'll tell you that right up front. So.
1: Yeah. Oh yeah. I mean, just, uh, I get a lot out of, you know, kind of just watching, you know, and consuming mm-hmm. content, you know, just if you pick up one thing, it helps you out and yeah. it could be totally unrelated Be totally unrelated to what you're actually looking for. Um, you know, I had uh, I was watching uh, one where it um, you know, I had a eureka moment on a totally different protein. You know, just
0: uh, I could use that technique with this, yeah. Uh, check out Harry Sue's channel. Um, he's got he does a lot of stuff and he's you know, won tons of barbecue competitions but he also w- wins other cooking competitions as well but he's mm. very very good at what he does and he's he's one of those guys that you throw he you know a pantry full of food at him like like on chopped if he, if he was on chopped he'd probably win yeah. it because he he can take just about anything and make something out of it and i've yeah. seen him do that if you watch his videos you'll you'll see him do that but uh and he's one i'll tell you too you know some of the stuff that he bakes, it's it's for competition. It's not what he feeds his family. So, but he'll show you both. And and what I learned from him a lot is how to trim stuff, how to uh, like, with you know, uh-huh. thighs and stuff like that, how to trim them, you know, some of the stuff that he does for competition, you're not going to do that for home. You know, he scrapes the fat off the back of the skin and, you know, <laughs> all this mm-hmm. other stuff and trims it just right. You're not going to do that if you're just, you know, cooking for your family. You know, you don't you don't take an hour and a half to trim up the, the chicken thighs <laughs> before you, you know, even start seasoning them. <laughs> so, but it's good to see because you do see, you know, the other creativity that's there. You can take, you can always take something from it. So, it's, Definitely. it's. It's definitely uh, something to look at, but, um, all right, well, let's take a little bit of break here and then we'll be right back with James from JB sous vide. Hey, all, I want to introduce you to a company I just started working with fresh Jack's organic spices out of Jacksonville, Florida. They're a small family run company. That's fast growing. I've tried a bunch of their different seasoning blends and spices, and I can tell you they are all fresh. All organic. None of them contain artificial flavors or sweeteners. None of them have anti-caking agents or preservatives. They all taste like they were just made for you yesterday. Check them out, guys. They're on Amazon in the link below. They have different sample packs, different blends, like I said, and they also have the individual seasonings and spices as well. Fresh Jacks organic spices check them out guys i love them all right so let's talk about you know we did discuss it a little bit how you got into cooking you know with the cv how did the blog start from that because uh you know did it just automatically when you started cooking you said i'm going to start blogging this or was it you know a year down the road or how how did you why did you want to start um you know making a record of what you were doing
1: so it was a couple um, couple months after kind of I really got into it and, um, you know, stuff started really coming out nice. And I uh, started posting on my personal page, um, just basically, you know, uh, I think I was posting once a week, I was posting uh, like a sous vide Sunday type of thing. Um, and so I would post, you know, one here or there every other week. Um, and then I kind of did it every week. And then it got to the point where I had one, I think it was a a tomahawk that just went crazy, you know, with the, uh, the amount of likes and people really kind of connected with it. Uh, a lot of questions, a lot of engagement on it. And I thought, you know, well, since, uh, you know, it kind of started at ground zero, you know, some people, you know, might want to see that, uh, that transition. And so I kind of started my own Instagram for that page. Uh, and then the blog came cause I, I was getting so many questions that I kind of really didn't have anywhere to point people. I was getting tired of uh, kind of answering the same questions over and over again.
0: Yeah. You're always going to have that. Cause even in the Facebook group, I mean, I started, I started, you know, almost three years ago now. And I, I kind of was in the same way, like you, when I first discovered sous vide, I was already cooking and doing barbecue, but when I, it kind of hit me like a lightning bolt, When I saw what it could do and it got me really excited and I did like you, I did all the research and, you know, found, uh, you know, Jason Logston from exploring sous vide and Kenji and and everything I could consume about um, sous vide and started messing around with it. And I said, you know, I'm going to kind of concentrate on mixing it with barbecue because I love barbecue and I can see where it can really enhance it and make some stuff that you can't make with either by themselves, you know. And so I started the uh, Facebook group and it kind of just like shot out, you know, like in the first month I had like a thousand, you know, members coming, coming in. I was like, wow, this is pretty, you know, pretty amazing. So, but I did the same thing. I just started experimenting myself. And then I started the YouTube channel. It's like, you know, because people kept asking the same questions and said, well, I'm going to start showing people on YouTube. And then you still, you know, now I have over 8,000 members in the group. And you still got people that come in that are brand new and they still, they don't use the search function. <laughs> so they never do. And they, yep, they, no. they, it's like they never heard of Google. So they'll come in and go, Hey, I got this steak and somebody just gave me this sous vide thing. And like, what do I do? <laughs> you know?
1: Yeah, definitely. I mean, I, I have to try and uh, you know, when people ask questions, you know, a lot of the answer was well, like, Hey, where did, where'd you get, where'd you find that? You know, well I typed it, you know, I typed steak, sous into Google right. <laughs> and it popped up with all these, you know, pages that, you know, were cooking steak with sous right. Um, you know, when I first started, it was, you know, a- a- any protein I wanted to cook that protein Kenji Lopez sous vide, you know? Right. Um, and just, uh, it, it kind of goes from there.
0: Yeah. It's the old, let me Google that for you. you know? <laughs> because, you know, people do, you know, I understand that, you know, people are, they come into the groups, especially if it's something like, you know, if it specializes in sous vide and they're, they don't know. And they, you know, they, they want to talk to somebody who they know is like right there. They want an instant answer and um, yep. they don't want to have to, they don't want to have to do a lot of the legwork. So they figure if they just type a question in they're going to get, and one of the things I try to tell people is you're going to get 12 different answers right away mm-hmm. and they're going to be different. And you know, with sous vide, you know, it can, you have a range. That's what I kind of tell people, you know, so you know, what's perfect medium rare steak? It's like, well, mm-hmm. what kind of steak, you know, do you like it? Uh, medium rare is between uh, certain temperatures. You know, do you like it more rare or more medium or, you know, right well, in between? or you know?
1: <laughs> Yeah. And it's also, it's tough to explain that, you know, the color that you see isn't, you know, the actual doneness. That's the temperature. And you're getting that, you know, the oxidation and the red, you know, at the different temperatures. And like, oh, this was too rare for me, you know, even at 135. And you, know, you have to explain, no, that's medium rare. It's just you're seeing more red because of the way you cooked it, you know, in right. your vacuum. Yeah.
0: Well, yeah. And people are used to having that, you know, big gray line there on the, on the top and the bottom that they get normally because the, the the pink, you know, warm pink center is what they always tell you when you go to a restaurant. You mm-hmm. know, medium rare is the warm pink center, you know, or you know, it's okay. Well, you don't have that with the sous vide. You got to it's warm pink the whole thing. So <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so it's a little bit different and it, you know, the taste is a lot better. It's a lot juicier. And you got to, you know, explain a lot of that stuff to people that are new, but you know, some will get it, some don't. You always got the people that come in that are doubters. It's just um, you know, I've I've been cooking steaks forever. I'm eight hundred years old, and I'm you know cooking them over an open fire, and <laughs> you know, and on right on the charcoal itself, and don't even use a grate. You know, and that's the best steak ever. And it's like, okay, you know, uh, I understand that, but there's many different ways to cook everything, and um, that's my my philosophy. You know, people barbecue chicken people fry chicken people you know cook chicken in a pan and it's different every one of them is different there's no best way you know that's just different uh you know different cooking methods for all kinds of different proteins you know one cooking method doesn't replace another so
1: yeah i mean i, I try and tell people it's you know don't just take my word for it you know actually do it you yeah. know, do it find find what you like because you know what i like is not what you like it's not what your husband or your wife like uh it's not what your kids like you know everybody's going to be different
0: exactly and there's so much of a range on and sous vide though and it does some certain things that you can't do any other way that it pretty much forces you to experiment and that's what i tell people it's not like an instant pot where you just you know you rice you hit the button that says rice you throw the rice in and, and then your rice is done i mean it doesn't work like that i mean there's mm-hmm. a lot of different variables and that's why I like you know in my group and you probably know lloyd uh, Capuccio. Yep. um mm-hmm. i mean he does all these you know he does weird experiments i don't even wouldn't even think of doing but um but i still you know i really respect people that do that because he's taking the time to okay. you know try different things and, and try to make something that and, and explain it to people
1: yeah. I mean, I I really appreciate a lot of Lloyd stuff that he, that he posts in there. And, uh, you know, <laughs> I, I, I love, um, you know, everybody's like, Oh, well, I don't want to, I don't want to read a book. Well, I mean, he, he did all that legwork, you know, for the person that wants to learn and that wants to kind of understand what they're doing. And, uh, especially with that, um, that gyro post he just had, <laughs> yeah. I was, I was, you know, floored by the amount of research and time that went into that, you know, and, uh, as something that I've been looking up to do as well, you know, that, uh, that was a huge help.
0: Yeah. And, and like, like you said though, it's like, you know, Thomas Keller wrote a good book on sous vide, but a lot of people look at that and he wrote it from a chef's perspective. It's not for, you know, Joe Blow's home cook who cooks once a week in his you know weekend, you know, and doesn't barely know how to flip an egg, you know. Mm-hmm. So if somebody that doesn't know a whole lot about cooking reads a book written by Thomas Keller, who's a master chef, you know, three star Michelin chef, he's writing it for people on his level, you know. So you yeah. you might not want to try that book out for a you know your beginner course in sous vide, mm-hmm. you know. He doesn't talk in baby talk to you. <laughs>
1: Well, yeah, I mean, to that, I mean, I'm floored about, you know, all right, I got a sous vide. The first thing I'm going to do is a, a prime rib. Right. You know, the first thing I'm going to do is a 72-hour brisket.
0: A whole turkey,
1: like, oh, you know. <laughs> let's pump the brakes a little bit. Exactly. Yeah, a whole turkey. Yeah. A whole turkey. Oh.
0: Yeah. I mean, you get that a lot, especially around Christmas time. Well, I just got this sous vide. Now I want to make a whole New York strip, you know for all my family, but they all, some like it well done. Some like it medium. It's like, dude, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know, and I just started to cook, so I don't know what I'm doing.
1: Yeah. Or the, the people who, um, you know, uh, I try and dissuade people like when they first get it, I'm going to, you know, do a whole Turkey for Thanksgiving, a 22 pound bird. It's like, Oh man, you're cooking for all the people and you don't, you know, you're you not experienced really, with it. Yeah. You, know, you don't understand yet. Yeah.
0: Yep. Yeah. And and, uh, people do that and then they'll fail and then they'll come back and they'll blame whoever they got the information from. People do that to me all the time. It's like, well, you told me to do it this way. And it's like, Dude, I I was giving you some guidelines, you know, as I didn't say it was going to come out perfect. And I don't know what happened in your kitchen, you know, and
1: I just did the outline. You, you painted it. Exactly.
0: (laughs) You know, I, you know, you can't come in with no experience with the cooking method and say, I got a dinner party for 30 people and I need to make everything perfect. You know, it's, uh, Mm it doesn't work that way. It's like, you can't pretend you're a five-star chef right away. You know, when you get a sous vide machine.
1: <laughs> yeah it doesn't happen overnight you know it's a lot a lot of people you know uh ooh and ah sometimes when i post a plane, it's like well because i've been practicing I, you know I, right. i've done this a, a couple times and you're not going to get there you know the first day it'll take some time Take right. some experimenting.
0: well right it's not a magic uh it's not a magic wand where you know you toss a steak in the water it comes out and it's perfect there's still work you got to do to it and you got to know what to do you know you got to make yep. sure you um uh, dry it off so you can get the perfect sear. You got to sear it at the right temperature. You got to, you know, make sure you have some oil in there. You got to, you know, make sure you get the, you know, crust. You don't want to oversear it. So now you pretty much ruined everything you did with the sous vide. I mean, there's other things that are involved in it. like I said, when people try to treat it like a George Foreman grill or an Instapot, it really, you know, gets me because it's, it's not something simple. It's hard to mess up, like you said, but you can still mess it up if you do the other things wrong. Okay. You know, yeah, it's hard for you to overcook something, but you can overcook it to where it turns to mush. You know, it'll still be medium rare, but, it, you know, you can take a filet mignon, if you cook it for six hours, it's going to turn to mush. Yep. <laughs> it'll still be medium rare, but it'll be medium rare mush. But <laughs> well, that was, my, that was yeah. my first chicken.
1: It was just, uh, it was terrible. First whole chicken I tried. I got the, you know, stars in my eyes that I was going to, you know, try a whole chicken and didn't understand that, well, the white meat and the dark meat are different. (laughs) And, uh, you know, and so you learn from stuff like that. You just don't want to learn, you know, in front of 30 people.
0: Exactly. Well, and even like with that, you know, if you know, going in that white meat and dark meat cook a little different you can compromise with your temp, you know, Mm -hmm. instead of, you know, known white meat, you know, cooks better at 144, dark meat at 156. If you do 148 for everything, you can kind of get close on both sides. You know, you're maybe a little overcooked on your white meat, but it's not too bad and a little underdone on your dark meat. And it's kind of your, you know, but, or you can, Separate the white dark and and cook them at different temperatures, so that's yeah, always definitely. an option, but you just but yeah you got to know going ahead that they do cook at separate temperatures, and if you want to compromise that uh, you know you might not have the the perfect um you know uh product when you're done, but it'll be good, but like you said, you don't want to cook it all at you know a hundred and you know fifty eight degrees, and now your you know white meat's just you know dried out and terrible yep. <laughs> so. But yeah, and those those are the little things you got to learn down the road, and know that um, you got to be open to learning new things, and not just it's not all quick answers. And you know, just tell me the time and temp. It's I mean, those people come in all the time. You can just tell they just they don't want to. Just just tell me the time and temp. You know, don't I don't want to know the whole process or why or this. <laughs> just tell me the time and temp so I can go cook it right now
1: you know. Yeah, no, I mean, a lot of, uh, you know, there will be failures, you know, when you first start out, there, there'll be a couple where you're not happy with, you know, the results. Right. But, you know, you try a different way.
0: Well, and yeah. You, and, and that's yeah. what I tell people, you know, there's a, such a range of times and temps that you're going to find what works best for you. You know, all the time up these discussions, you know, with the, you know, should I smoke first? Should I smoke after? I mean, it's it's all going to boil down the personal preference, you know, but mm-hmm. there are certain reasons why you should do one or the other, you know, and then you got to weigh those reasons and then you got to try it yourself and then go, okay, well, I prefer to do it this way and then do it. Don't keep asking people their opinion because you're going to get, you know, Seven different, different opinions. 70 different opinions on everything. It's uh, it's just crazy, but you know, that's the internet for you. So let me exactly. talk about, um, you got the blog going and you, you got your Facebook uh, page going and growing, what do you plan on doing from there? Have you ever thought of maybe starting a YouTube channel and, uh, kind of doing some, getting in front of a camera and, uh, doing some demonstrations?
1: I, I have thought about it. Um, you know, kind of right now, um, I've been devoting a lot of time to, uh, the Instagram is kind of my, um, my, my big channel right now. Uh, so I've been kind of putting most of my time posting every day on there. Um, and, uh, from there, I kind of want to grow the blog to you know kind of optimize some uh, you know traffic to the blog because right now the instagram's uh, growing a lot faster so I kind of want to try and optimize that that blog to you know get it in front of people um, and um, so I definitely think YouTube could be in there and I've kind of started playing around with more videos uh, recently you know editing um, you know some some slice videos some uh, seeing what works and what doesn't in the way of lighting for, you know, if I were to, to do it, um, like I was just playing around tonight with, with trying to get lighting right. Um, and whether or not, you know, cause if, if I'm going to do it, I'm, I don't want to, you know, put out something that I just throw together and kind of looks like the, the stop motion, <laughs> uh, you know, person talking, you know, in front of a camera, you know, like, um, I really don't have any background in editing other than, you know, kind of a rudimentary, you know, edit a a video here and there. But um, I
0: I do see it in the future. YouTube is is a unique animal. And I just jumped in, you know, full boat. And there's a big uh, community of, you know, people that um, have cooking channels that uh, all kind of get together and, you know, they help each other out. Um, I started, I didn't know how to edit. I didn't know, you know, I wasn't comfortable in front of the camera. And if you look at some of my earlier videos, you can tell I was using, you know, iMovie and just didn't know how to do graphics and didn't know lighting and everything. And, you know, you just kind of learn as you go. And most, most YouTubers even do it. If you go back to look at Malcolm Reed's earlier YouTube videos, all he does is like he's walking around like a barbecue competition, you know, holding his phone, and that's what his videos were. Or yep. he's standing in his kitchen, you know, in a tank top and shorts, you know, showing, you know, how he's making chicken and now it's full blown production, you know, wow. uh, you know, you can compare a, a recent video to when he did, you know, eight years ago and it's totally night and day. But I think, you know, YouTubers, you know, even the, the people that watch YouTube don't really expect you to have professional, um, you know, editing skills and, and videography skills right away. I mean, a lot of them like to grow with you and that's kind of what I'm, you know, what I've been doing. I mean, it's like, I just, you know, I'm, I'm going to do it. I'm just going to go ahead and start and just yeah. throw, throw it out there. And then, cause they'll give you, you know, people will, you know, criticize you and you learn from uh-huh. it. So then you learn what to do. I mean, I, I sat down and, Forced myself to learn how to edit on Premiere Pro, you know, because I couldn't do what I wanted to do on iMovie anymore because it's just a basic editing thing. And I kind of forced myself, and that's what makes you get better. That's kind of like what you're talking about with uh, when you started cooking and, and doing sous vide. You kind of force yourself to be better, and that you can do that with editing. You can do that with everything. That's why I started the podcast. I never had a podcast before in my life and you know i said oh you know what i'm just going to do it I'll find out what you know how to do it what works best and start asking people like uh, malcolm reed and meathead to come on and they said yes and i was like wow you know <laughs> i just yeah. started doing this in my office at home you know it's not like you know nobody's heard of me before and they're like sure i'll come on your podcast you know because hey they like to talk about themselves and you know and i've had success with that so i think if you just throw yourself into it and as long as you're willing to take the criticism and, and fix your mistakes and realize, that, Hey, you know, you, you've done great so far on your Instagram. I can't get Instagram going to save my life. I mean, it's, it's, you know, and it's probably cause I'm older, you know, I'm in my fifties. So it's like, you know um, I'm bigger on Facebook and, you know, that's yeah. where the, that's where us old folks kind of hang out. <laughs>
1: well, the, the algorithm is so tough on Instagram. You know, it took me, it took me a good probably eight months before I I ever saw any sort of growth and um, you know, just tweaking a few things and you got to constantly change and evolve with it.
0: Yeah. And like I said, I, I, and I, I forget about it. I've really started in the last couple of months, started um, paying more attention to it. I guess I figured now I can start, I can post a picture on Instagram and have it post on my Facebook page at the same time. Mm -hmm. So that kind of, you know, reduces one step, and then I can also put it in my group. Uh, but that's another thing, too. Even with the Facebook pages compared to the Facebook group, you know, my pages, you know, my only has like 3,300 3, followers, but I've got over 8,000 members in my group. I, you know, yeah. and, you know, my YouTube has only got, you know, 3,300, you know, subscribers. So, you know, I think each different social media platform has its own type of personality, you know, there's YouTube guys don't normally come over into Facebook. You know, the Facebook guys don't normally go into YouTube and Instagram, you know, they don't usually go to Facebook or, you know, vice versa. It's just kind of weird. You just got to have an exposure to everywhere. It's like podcasts. I mean, you know, you know, the pod people who listen to podcasts, I mean, it's probably one in a hundred, you know? (laughs) So, yeah, but
1: yeah, no, definitely. Um, you know, that, that Instagram, you know, I just started uh, kind of growing on there because I was, or or basically that's where I'm getting my inspiration, you know, um, that explore page on Instagram is, you know, there's so many pictures out there and, um, you know, so many people posting things up and different ways to do this, um, you know, a different way to, to, to cook, you know, a certain thing, combine it with, you know, this side. Um, and that's kind of where, you know, I get a lot of my inspiration from.
0: Now, how many followers do you have on Instagram?
1: Um, I think 11,300.
0: Wow. That's, that is really good. So, yeah. yeah. And like I said- I mean,
1: like you were saying, like you were saying, contrast that to my Facebook page, which only has a couple hundred right you now, yeah. it's, it's uh it's kind of night and day and you really have to, you know, work it, you know, you can't really pigeonhole yourself
0: Right. Yeah. That's kind of why I started expanding into different ones. And, you know, I, I know guys that they're strictly concentrate on YouTube. I mean, that's, they, they have a Facebook page and all that, but you know, they, they put little energy into that. That's like for the people that want to follow them that are also on YouTube. You know, they just, they just follow me on Facebook and they don't really do anything. They put all their energy into YouTube and it does seem to help them grow more, but you know, I, I find it really hard because I work full time too, like you. So it's mm-hmm. like, it's hard yeah, for me to tough. put, you know, a hundred percent effort into Facebook, a hundred percent effort into YouTube, you know, a hundred percent effort into, you know, uh, Instagram or you know, Twitter. I haven't even tried. <laughs> I, think I, got, <laughs> no. yeah, I think I've got 20 followers on Twitter and it's like, I'm yeah. not bother with it.
1: I, I have an account on there, but uh, <laughs> yeah. I, I don't think, I don't remember the last time I signed into it.
0: Right. And um, so, but I think once you get, I'm one of them that, you know, that like, I, I think with Facebook, you know, since my group's pretty large now with over 8,000, it's the other stuff starting to grow as well. And uh, yeah. so, and I think it's like with YouTube, it's, it's time is a lot of it. Unless you, you know, post up a video where you're taking a shower, you know, you're a pretty girl taking a shower in your van or something, then you'll get a, a million uh, subscribers overnight, but you know, nobody's going to click on me taking a, you know pictures of me taking a shower. Yeah. It's just uh, you know some of the stuff that gets viral on on YouTube is just like you, you scratch your head and go really, but um, you know unless you do weird stuff um, or or really sink a lot of time like watching Guga Guga spends all day doing a video I mean he that's what he does for a living now I mean he builds websites for a living so he's got the algorithm down he knows he's got his all his seo stuff down and he does a lot of production yep. you know he spends a lot of time in pre-production post-production editing you know all kinds of stuff so he's got all days you know days to work on one video and i don't have that luxury and yep. i'm sure you don't either but down the road you know that's that's something that you know you can just kind of strive for it not everybody can can have a million followers on youtube so yep so how, how did you get involved with um, po- posting up the recipes on ANOVA? Was that just something you just started doing on your own or something that they kind of asked you to start doing? Or,
1: Yeah, so um, it, it kind of, uh, you know, I, I listened to a podcast you did with Cole, and, um, you know, he talked about the community, you know, the community that, you know, he was kind of looking to foster, you know, with within ANOVA, and um, it kind of, you know, struck me like, hey, that's that's kind of what happened to me, you know got on the ANOVA you know group the ANOVA you know recipe blog and you know really just you know became part of that community and I kind of started you know every once in a while I'd interact with Cole or you know you know one of the other admins over there and it kind of you know grew a good relationship and to the point where you know I kind of wanted to give back and when he you know reached out to me and said hey would you would you be interested in putting you know some of your you know recipes up on an OVA too? I was you know first I was you know thankful that he would even ask me but um you know just to to give something back to that community and especially help them grow they've been you know nothing but great to me um you know being on that blog and you know uh they they helped me out a lot on Instagram where you know they would uh share some of my pictures got you know Uh, a lot of followers from them, you know, really helping me out there. So it's kind of, you know, a no brainer for
0: me. So you see yourself uh, just kind of expanding on, on that down the road, you know, maybe getting into YouTube, expanding your uh, uh, Facebook page some, and then just doing more on Instagram.
1: Yeah, definitely. Um, You know, uh, I think uh, definitely start focusing on some of the other platforms Um, you know, really trying to optimize that, uh, this SEO on the blog, um, and just kind of keep building relationships, you know, I've gotten this far by not really, um, you know, putting, you know, or trying to chase people down or, you know, being, you know, annoying to people. I think, uh, you know, just doing it and kind of being a part of the community is, you know, really helped me get some, you know, cool relationships and, you know, got me, you know, sitting here talking to you, you know?
0: Well, yeah. And it's a lot easier just to take a picture of something that you spend a lot of time mm-hmm. on than doing a video. That's one of the things I learned when I started doing YouTube because, mm-hmm. you know, I could, you know, it take me, uh, and I, I, I know this from, you know, watching some of the other people that um, just post up pictures, you know, that it this, they didn't whip it up in a half hour. It took a long time and they probably mm-hmm. did through three or four different plates <laughs> you know, of the food to, to get it to look perfect. And um, when you are cooking on, you know, on video, you either you pretty much got to, you know, I, I'm usually, when I do my videos, I'm cooking dinner for my family. So it's like, mm-hmm. you know, when we're done with this, we're eating the dinner. It's not like I'm just doing it just to, you know, cook this plate of food and, and try to make it as pretty. I'm just cooking it for my dinner. So it's a, but it's a lot harder to you get. Know, I think, okay, now I got to show them how to do this, show them how to do this. Then Showing them the end, just showing them the end product of you know here's how it turned out. So yeah, make
1: yeah no I mean uh, definitely that's all run through my mind in the way of you know the different things you have to remember. I think even in you know uh, my attempts at you know putting together some videos, I've you know looked back and been like, well, I'm standing right in front of the light, so I got a big shadow on the food
0: yeah, yeah and I, that's some of the stuff like i said that you learn as you go and then people will yeah. understand because then they will go hey uh, you cut your head off in that video <laughs> it's like yeah, yeah i know but I, I was gonna have to reshoot it because we already ate the food so <laughs> you know yeah i mean i'll do that a lot of times i'll just you know if i messed up something i don't have time to go check and look at every piece of, of uh video that i shot to make sure the shot was good sometimes i i have a whole piece of video where the audio didn't come out right. And so I'll just like do an overdub or something, you know, and just say, Hey, the audio didn't come out right. So, but it's fun, you know, you know, people like you and me, we do this for fun. It's something that excites us and we want to help and teach other people. So, I mean, that's, that's kind of why we do it. We're not doing it to get rich or be famous. I mean, I know I'm not, I'm just, I love doing this kind of stuff and I'm hoping that, um, you know, maybe I can make a little bit of money doing it, you know, when I retire and this, this would be my fun, you know, extra pocket money, you know, thing that I can, uh, and, and help spread the, uh, the joy of uh, cooking, you know, especially with the sous vide and stuff. So yeah, you, definitely. do you think you're going to try out any other different cooking methods? So you said you're going to start doing some barbecue and stuff.
1: Yeah. I mean, if I ever right now, I'm I kind of in a, an apartment situation. So mm-hmm. all of my barbecue is going to be, uh, you know, something where I try and, you know, uh, get it to the person who, you know, may not have a smoker. Um, like I, have uh, I posted up a, um, some pork belly burn ends that I, that I did that came out fantastic. And that was just, you know, done in an oven. Um, and so really trying to get those methods down and, you know, Hey, when, you know, when I do, you know, get a house or or someplace where I can, you know, get myself a smoker, you bet I'm going to get one
0: yeah you know and that there's there's a uh, people that want to watch those videos too because there's a lot of people that live in urban areas that are in your situation i know even jason Logston from amazing uh, from amazing food made easy and exploring sous vide. he lives you know in an apartment in brooklyn and it's hard for him to smoke stuff but you yeah. know he does stuff you know like he says in his you know oven and stuff like that too so i mean there's a lot of people that could learn something from that and you know that Hey, you know, take some wood chips and put them in a big pan and put it in your oven. You can get smoke, you know? Yes, I
1: saw that. I just saw that recently.
0: So, I mean, there's, there's, you know, multiple ways and there's, like I said, there's people that'll watch if, if they'll watch, you know, some of these other stupid videos on YouTube, why why wouldn't they watch some of the stuff that we do? Right. You
1: know? Exactly.
0: So. All right. Great. So it was great having you on James. I really appreciate it. I look forward to seeing more pictures from you, uh, especially, uh, you know, when you post them up on, on the Facebook group, I really look forward to them, uh, to see what you're cooking up next. And, uh, well, thanks. And just keep in touch and I'm sure I will see you on there. Anything else you want to talk about before we head it out?
1: Uh, just, um, if, uh, if people, you know, haven't seen, uh, you posted up a video today, uh from helen um uh, Rien mm-hmm. and that really if, if people haven't seen that one they should probably go check that one out yeah. because she hit on a lot of good things and a lot of it was a great topic for you know somebody who's just beginning and kind of thinks a lot of this this is unattainable you know it is you know attainable it's just you know going through some of the things she talks about
0: yeah. I really love Helen Rennie. She's great. Um, I've watched, I started watching her videos about three or four years ago. I had her on the podcast as well because, you know, she's a very good teacher and, and she thinks just like I do. I mean, when you have a, it's not really, you know, creative, it's just being able to put things together and try different things and move stuff around. I mean, that, and I've always done that, you know, Hey, well, if I try, you know, using this instead of that, and maybe move it around or, and try this, you know, that's all you really got to do. And then all of a sudden you created something, you know, totally, you know, of your own and something totally delicious. So, yep. and you're the only one who knows your, your tastes. So, but yeah, that was definitely a great okay. video. That's why I posted that one up. But she's really good too for any of the basic, um, you know, cooking videos that she has, you know, knife skills, all kinds of stuff. I mean, she, she really has some really good, um, good videos on her, uh, YouTube channel and she, you can listen to her. She's not condescending. She's not Gordon Ramsey. You know, she's not screaming at you, telling you you're an idiot, you know? And, um, she's, um, she's like watching, you know, your mom cook or something. That's what I kind of think. So, yeah, no, she's great, but well, thanks for being on. I appreciate it. Make sure, um, you know, you keep following us on the Facebook group as well. Will do. Hey, thank you for having me on, Darren. All righty. I'll see you again. Thanks again for joining us on the Fire and Water Cooking Podcast. Make sure you check out James's uh, blog, JBCV, and his Facebook and Instagram accounts. Also check out Fresh Jack Spices and Seasonings. Also check out Masterclass. In the link's below. Thanks for joining us, and I'll see you again in the next Fire and Water Cooking Podcast.